praises to our God, sing praises, clap your hands, all you nations. Wisdom. The reading is from St. Paul's letter to the Romans. Let us be attentive. Brethren, salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. The night is far gone, the day is at hand. Let us then cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us conduct ourselves becomingly as in the day, not in reveling and drunkenness, not in a debauchery and licentiousness, not in quarreling and jealousy, But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. As for the man who is weak in faith, welcome him, but not for disputes over opinions. One believes he may eat anything, while the weak man eats only vegetables. Let not him who eats despise him who abstains, And let not him who abstains pass judgment on him who eats. For God has welcomed him. Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? It is before his own master that he stands or falls, and he will be upheld, for God is able to make him stand. Peace be with you, the reader. Let us hear the Holy Gospel. Peace be with you all. The reading is from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. Let us be attentive. said, If you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father also will forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. And when you fast, do not look dismal like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces, that their fasting may be seen by men. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by men, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust consume, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust consumes, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will 
your heart be he also. Peace be with you who proclaim the gospel. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Believe it or not, sometimes even the world of sports can give us a beautiful portrait or picture of God's grace. We see it, I would say, when, let's say, the sportscasters you know, on ESPN or on the evening news or whatever show those highlight reels, you know, all the great stuff that happened that day, or of past times of our favorite athletes from years gone by. In the editing process, they extract the mistakes, the fumbles, the strikeouts, the missed shots. Instead, every time, let's say, you know, back from from my old dime days, Michael Jordan or, or Larry Bird shoots the ball, they make the basket you know, every single time. Now, if all we knew were these highlights of these legends, then we would think that they never missed a shot, that they were perfect, and everything they did was great and right. And, brothers and sisters, I offer to you that this can be a picture of how our lives can be remembered in eternity. By God's grace, we are promised that our sins will not be remembered if we simply ask God for his forgiveness. God will edit all of them out. This is what he says through the prophet Isaiah, I Even I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and remembers your sins no more. So what's left in God's very own memory? A highlight reel filled with nothing but our greatest moments. And that's what will be remembered in heaven. All the positive, all the loving things that we have done. As the Apostle John wrote of the saints in his book of Revelation, and I heard a voice from heaven saying, write this down. Blessed are those who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit. They are blessed indeed, for they will rest from their hard work, for their good deeds follow them. So we see here, brothers and sisters, how God wants to simply see and only remember 
the highlight reel of our life. Through repentance and confession, we know that God's mercy and forgiveness are, in fact, boundless. There are no limits as to what God can and will forgive if we simply approach the throne of grace with a penitent heart, a crushed and humbled heart God will not reject. We read in the penitent Psalm 50. But there's still more to this story. God wants us to do the same for one another. What I mean is he expects us to imitate his very own mercy, to be merciful as our Heavenly Father is merciful, as Jesus Christ taught us. He wants us to see and focus only on the highlight reel of our neighbor's life, not key in on the mistakes or the negatives. There is a condition, to put it that way, to God's merciful forgiveness, and that is that we let go of any grudges and wrongdoings done against us. This is all too clear, very clear, from what Christ taught us this morning. And there is really no absolute ambiguity about it. If you forgive people their trespasses, your Heavenly Father also will forgive you. But if you do not forgive them their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Even in the Lord's Prayer, as the Lord taught us, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Now the opposite of forgiveness is what the spiritual writers of our tradition call the remembrance of wrongs. This sin, as defined by St. John of the latter, is, quote, a keeper of sins, the poison of the soul, a worm in the mind, a turning away from love, a pleasureless feeling cherished in the sweetness of bitterness, a never-ending sin, a loathsome passion. Yes, indeed, malice, unforgiveness, remembrance of wrongs done against us is really that ugly. And it really is as dangerous and as deadly as Christ said it is. For if we are darkened by this passion, we shut ourselves off to being receptive to God's all-forgiving grace. Let me give you an example, maybe an extreme example. It's a story that I just shared this past Wednesday with our our ladies' uh, women's Bible study. On February the 9th, we have the life of a particular martyr, St. Nikiforos. And it is said that this particular man was very good friends with a fellow priest, And the priest's name was Supricius. 
So these had a, Nikiforos and the priest Apricius had a great friendship for a long time, but they had a falling out. Something happened. It's not reported necessarily exactly what it was, but they became rather bitter enemies and had a falling away from each other. After some time, Nikiforos had a change of heart, and he said, I need to make amends. I need to let this thing go. Whatever wrong was done to me, it doesn't matter. God is compassionate. God is merciful. I'm a Christian. I need to do this. So he went, he bowed down before the priest, and he said, forgive me. I'm sorry for what has taken place. And Sapricius, unfortunately, had nothing to do with him. He said, I won't forgive you. And he walked away. And this went on time after time after time. Many, many offerings of reconciliation and love and forgiveness were given by Nikiforos to Sapicius, but to no avail. This is in the 3rd century AD. Of course, persecutions were uncommon. And so in that local area, one broke out. The governor of the city was seeking out the Christians, and certainly one of the most obvious choices was the priest. So he finds Sapricius, and he takes him to be tortured, that he denies Christ and begins to worship the pagan idols. Sapricius holds steadfast. He does not. He is firm in his faith, and finally, because he does not relinquish his faith in Christ, he starts to go to the actual point of being beheaded. Now, Nikiforos heard about this, and he says, finally, finally, even at this point, I will have my chance. This man is going to be a martyr. He will forgive. We can reconcile, and he can go off that way. So Nikiforos seeks out Sapricius. He goes to him right before he's ready to be beheaded for his faith, and he says, forgive me, forgive me. At this very moment, and Sapricius turns his back on him. He goes, I can never forgive you for what you did to me. And at that very moment, God's grace was taken from that priest. God's grace was removed because he could not forgive his fellow man. At that instant, Sapricius turned to the guards and said, I deny Christ. I will worship the idols and therefore spare my life. He denied his faith because he could not forgive. He turned his back on Christ because he could not forgive. Therefore, he lost his soul. Nikiforos, of course, jumped to this and said, I am a Christian, and I will receive the crown that should have been his, and I will take it. And so Nikiforos, having forgiven his enemy, received the crown of martyrdom and died for Jesus Christ. Therefore, brothers and sisters, on this Sunday of forgiveness, here on the cusp of Great Lent, let us enter the holy season of the fast with sincere and true forgiveness in our hearts. Let us become the father in the parable of the prodigal son who only thought, I would say, about the highlight reel of his son's life, never bearing a grudge against him for anything 
that he did while he lived at home or anything that he did when he was far away, it didn't matter. The father did not remember those things, but only loved him and received him back, embracing him and kissing him as he returned. Like God himself, let's edit out those wrongs that may have been done against us, thus liberating ourselves from the wicked passion of malice and grudge-nurturing, a true cancer of the soul, and therefore opening ourselves up to the infinite grace, mercy, compassion, and love of our Heavenly Father. And forgive us our trespasses, O Lord, we beseech you, as we too forgive those who trespass against us. To God be the glory, now and ever, to the ages of ages. Amen.